Rocking chair, chair session. With Elisa Di Batista. Maria Teresa Barber. Hi everyone. Hello there. And welcome to RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, Volume 24, with artist Aurora Molina. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, Aurora. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having us. And just as a little um, background, we started talking before the show, and I said, no, hit play, hit play, let's start recording now. Um, let's just jump into it today. Let's start talking about your school. Maria, questions? Yeah, um, we, were talking, we were just talking about earthquakes in California, and that those were actually the reasons that you decided to study in Madrid, right? Yes. Because I saw that and I was like, what? She studied in Madrid. I want to know more about that. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about the decision to go there and how the experience was? I, I finished FIU in 2007 and I gave myself a year just to experience what being an artist was. So I took my first studio was here for a year. And during that time, I applied to several schools in the States but out of Florida. Um, but it was a time where I, you know, I was out of school. I it, that, that wasn't a priority anymore. It was more to discover my, like, who I was as an artist, I guess. And I had already been here for several years, and I felt like going to Spain was kind of like a way to reconnect with uh, my background. Like, I wanted to talk in Spanish, think in Spanish, be an artist in Spanish, you know, like 24 hours, seven. Mm -hmm. um, so I was one of the, the, the aside from loving the, the, you know, the landscape in California, but not willing to live through an earthquake. <laughs> I said, you know, I wanted to experience living in Europe for a little bit more. It's a different... Um, schooling I will say you yeah. know it's it's more conceptual I had looked into the school that was partnered with uh, several universities here so the degree would transfer mm -hmm. um, and it was the first time also that I would live by myself abroad mm -hmm. and you know kind of like hitting all new terrain mm -hmm. uh, from everywhere so I, I went to uh, Universidad Europea de Madrid, mm -hmm. and they had a program running for two years, a master's in contemporary art. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I went for an interview. I lost my flight, and then I had to buy a ticket. Like, the door literally closed on my nose, and I had an interview the next day, and I said I had to be there, so I had to buy another ticket and then fight with the... Uh, the with airliner. our airline company because they opened my bag took my computer and you know they even dispatched my bags they knew I was traveling but anyway that was kind of like a, a new head start because I did concentrate a lot in international traveling doing my masters not so much in school <laughs> <laughs> so but um, I was there for two years and um, like I told you, it's a different mindset. It were the, the one thing that I didn't like about uh, school here or different MFA program was that 
it's a longer period of time. It's three years, and you kind of like have you have to go back to our history and like. And I feel the master is something that you do a research on. Like mm-hmm. you already have graduated, you you already have selected a media, um, kind of like you know, like you started to Joel already with different ideas. And a master should be okay. Let me let me go like full circle mm-hmm. on on what I have in my mind. Mm-hmm. And there I work more like seminars. So like seven weeks, we'll have one uh, program that will be concentrated on, um, I don't know, like art and technology and uh, feminism. And so from your medium, you kind of had to explore that. And also the training that I had here was more like working, 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 and producing a lot, but being in there and uh, the way the program was directed, it's like you had to research, you have to go and immerse yourself into um, art and philosophy and kind of like think things through before you get to make them. Mm -hmm. So it like turned many things that I was exploring already and kind of put them in context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that had set like a good solid stone for how I um, attempt to create work. It's like I feel I need to do the research, have the solid idea, know where I'm coming from, and then seed and work. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being in there and sharing like a little um, catalog that I had made for the interview. Um, and my classmates were like, what? Like, what time have you had to produce all this work? It's like, if you don't work, it's like it's visual arts. If you don't see it, and they said, no, but we don't, like they were so impressed. And um, they said, no, it's not like that here. Like, we kind of like see it and have thousands of projects. And then if we get granted, we could just go make them. And you know, like I, I kind of appreciated both sides. The fact that here at school they push you and um, and there it's kind of like you push the thinking. So I think, you know, like that makes was... You get the was, both halves yes. kind of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I did have a chance of, um, you know, like be just bombarded with the museums and see all these things that have been talking about here in art books and that was just... It's like you become addicted to traveling and learning and looking at art, so. And Madrid is like such an amazing city, you know, all the oh museums and the, all the artworks that they have there, and it's so. Let's not talk about food. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just really amazing. It's really it's, I've done some traveling, and it, it keeps being my favorite city. Madrid, really? Yes, mm. and I always tell. Uh, everyone that will retire in Toledo like that's you know I see myself just having a studio there and like I'm 35 so away, minutes away from Madrid so maybe one oh, day wow. I don't know if no I don't want happen. an option <laughs> how, how were you able to um, to stay there did you get a student visa or was it I did is yes it, is it easier because I know you have a Cuban you were born in Cuba, right? 
Yes, I, I was born in Cuba and I came here when I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. um, so I did... Um, you still I, have a Cuban passport as well? No, just to no. swipe my ass with. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for the bad words. But no, literally, that's, that's the only thing that's good word. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so um, the, the, the Cuban passport's not... I mean, it, it doesn't allow you, other than than being a Cuban and going to Cuba, it's not worth anything It's not worth else. anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I was a citizen already, and I mm -hmm. just, um, you know, did all the paperwork, and I was mm -hmm. able to get the student visa mm -hmm. um, to go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for that, like, you have to... Um, legalize and translate your degree here for the university there for them to accept that you're a transfer student. Yeah. And then uh, they grant you a student visa for as long as the, mm -hmm. um, as the program lasts. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I had to do the opposite way because I had all the degrees from Austria and then went to San Francisco to school and also like the student like I, it was such a big big hassle you know so I was wondering because so many I feel like so many Cuban artists Cuban artists also go to Spain to to spend time there and I thought is there like a special relationship between Spain and Cuba well that, there is my know? dad in fact my dad is a Spanish citizen oh, and I, I I have a passport a European passport mm -hmm. now I didn't have it before mm -hmm. um, before going there mm -hmm. um, I, I was able to get it through my grandmother mm -hmm. um, but but yes like in that case I would have been able to just go to with just go without European mm -hmm. password mm -hmm. and in Cuba being being Cuban like you could literally say um, other than you know interracial uh, and, and the criollos Cubans are Spanish descendant 100% mm -hmm. there's no mm -hmm. natives mm -hmm. um, so our customs like I remember the first time before going to live in Spain the first time I visited um I just remember, I, I haven't been back to Cuba. Um, so, and it's part of what I was telling you, you know, it's part of like wanting to experience that somewhat like my heritage. Like I'm standing here now, I, I'm done with the responsibilities of school because I've never, you know, I always grew up knowing that education is a most. Uh, so once I was out of school, um, it's like, okay, you know, I, I, I want to keep studying. I wanted to explore more, but I felt like as part of my identity and my heritage, I wanted to discover that, um, but I didn't, it, you know, like I never thought about going to Cuba to explore that because yeah. I don't feel like there is a connection anymore. Uh, it's not part of my, you know, it's part of growing up and who I am but it's it's like there is no possibility to just go back and say I'm gonna study here because mm -hmm. once you leave you lose that link mm -hmm. like there you're not welcome there anymore mm -hmm. basically at least from the time that I left I left in 2000 things have changed uh, fortunately I don't have family there so I don't like I don't have to go or visit or like mm -hmm. But I did want to explore part of that um, heritage, you know, like my grandparents were from Spain. I grew up hearing stories. My sister, when I was four years old, you know, sat me in front of a board and asked me, 
like uh, where were the names of the of the big ships that uh, Colon, Columbus came to Cuba and who was the king and the queen so it, it's like you know I always blame you her it's like it. you you fit that on me this yeah. is your fault that you know uh, that I'd love to be a world traveler mm -hmm. um So going there, for, well, the first time I got there, I went to visit um, friends that were doing study abroad. And we stayed there for like a month, month and a half. And we traveled to mm -hmm. South. And I just remember like feeling at home, mm -hmm. you know, like the gestures and the, you know, the loose tongue, uh, the food. I don't know, it was something that clicked immediately. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I wanna, I wanna feel this every day. Mm -hmm. I remember in that time, I remember telling a friend, it's like, it's been so many years that I've been in the United States, but I don't feel like I belong here yet. You know, like I don't feel I'm, I'm grounded here. I don't feel like, not because of littering, but you know when, when you just like, at home you just like fold like you want to throw a paper to the floor and it's your house and you want to do it and who cares you'll pick it up later i never felt like i could do that here mm -hmm. you know that kind of like you're kind of restricted in your freedom that you could be the person that you are in a way or yeah there are things that i didn't identify with and mm -hmm. i didn't have that sense of belonging mm -hmm. But when I got there, I said, you know, this is what I know. Mm -hmm. This is like I remember so vividly. Um, I was doing um, a lot of work on like looking at the elderly and the relationship, the human relationships. And um, during that time, I lived in a building, but the neighbors were Hispanic. So we had a close relationships with the neighbors. Like, do you know? And that kind of like clicked back a little bit to being in in the place that I that I knew that I grew. Mm -hmm. um, not that sense of like your neighbor. It's like you don't know it. It's, it's you know like I I always felt and I did explore this a lot uh, when I was doing a series of uh, photography. Um, at the very beginning, at uh, Miami Day. Um, I remember I just have gotten here. I, uh, I was at, uh, in high school for a year and a half. I didn't speak English. Um, wow. So I didn't want to f fall behind in schooling because you have to do all those Spanish, English levels and then do the core courses uh, for, you know, like have a regular... Um, Scheduling the, the yeah. degree, right, to get into the regular classes for the associate in Miami Day, and I felt like, you know, this was gonna like put me back to one year, two years. So I did a program at Miami Day that was a jump start program. It was like full time English, and if you do that during the summer, that you could test and pass like three, four levels. Mm -hmm. Of English, like so, ESL, English as a second language. Or this something was like this was when Miami Day uh -huh. did like uh, the CBT college placement mm -hmm. test. So if you did a um, ES um, ESL classes, mm -hmm. that program, that jumpstart program, then you tested the CBT and then you could get into regular classes. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so during that time, um, that photography project happened because the only classes that I could sign up for that didn't require the golden rule, which is X amount of um, writing that you had to do that proved that you were, you know, excerpt in, in English, mm -hmm. which I wasn't because I hadn't been here for a long time. I took a photography class. Um, and then in there, like, it's like, okay, I'm getting used to the equipment, like, let me. And I talked to my professor at the time, Joseph Tamargo, um, and he said to me, okay, and I was like, you know, you, you're, you're not allowed to be on the streets or like, you know, you go from high, from school to home and then like you're, I'm, I was trapped in an apartment basically, you know, I didn't know the city, my parents wouldn't let me out, everything was very new, very like convoluted and he said to me, why don't you try to explore something that you know that you could find in here? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of like my escape. Um, my dad had a had a, a supermarket with a restaurant. He was on 8th Street and 43rd. So that neighborhood there had a lot of immigrants and Hispanics and Cubans. Behind that restaurant, uh, there was a trailer park. Uh, and then all of those people were my father's clients and my grandfather's clients. So I had like an open visa, talking mm -hmm. about visa, into their houses. Mm -hmm. So these trailers ha had like a porch. And I remember going there every afternoon after I got back from um, college and just with my camera saying like, you know, I'm like... Herman's daughter, you know, from the Marquesito, <laughs> from the little market. And they say, okay, yeah, welcome. Like, what, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm working on a school project. I'm trying to uh, create a parallelism between things that, I, that I've seen, that I've lived, that I have experienced, and see how I could find that here. And that became my you know my project so I would go there every every day I had you know I, I was out I was talking to people I was in people's houses they would open you know the fridge they would show me their shrinks um, and that just you know it gave me it gave me a different perspective into the city. Mm -hmm. I know many people don't live like that, but in this very particular place, there was a community. Coming here, being new, making friends, I had lost touch with that community, and it was something that I was missing, mm -hmm. you know, that I needed, because I, I'm a social person. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, when I was nine years old, my mom didn't want to show me or my sister how to ride the bike because they knew the second that I would ride the bike, I was lost. I would go from friends to friends, you know, like, and I said, okay, don't show me, but I'm gonna learn. <laughs> so I took that bike, like a 1920 bike from like, like you know, it wasn't the oldest bike you could ever imagine. It was, you know, like a repair bike, that's how you, grow up in queue, like you recycle and recycle. So this was like, I don't know. Um, but, um, I, I went to my uh, neighbors, um, 
you know, across the street and I hauled from pole to pole in their houses until I did lose and I said, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. So I grew up like that and coming here 16 years later knowing that it's like, are you going to just contain me into four walls? I can't, you know, I, I can't. So these things became my refugee. These people became like, you know, the stories that I would talk about. And, and then it, like the whole search began in there. So when I was in Madrid, going back to where I'm telling you these, all of a sudden, what is something that strike me the most? It's like people on the street. Older people on the street. Mm -hmm. I remember on the sidewalk of where my apartment was, um, Lava Pies, which is, a, you know, it's, it's a mixed match of races. It's super eclectic. There is people from everywhere. Um, just every time I will go to um, the university, I would walk and by the sidewalk, by the sideway on, on this little terracita, um, there was a grandmother drinking a beer with a grandchild next to her, talking about how the day was. The simplest of things. And it's like, oh my God, like what the hell is this? You know, this is, this is something that I cherish. This is something that I missed. Mm -hmm. So I immediately knew in that trip that I wanted to touch base with that again. Mm -hmm. um, and when it came to the decision, maybe the universities here would have been better, you know. But I needed to, my work has always searched into that side of like a human behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I've always feel like to tell a story you have to be an observer so I needed to be on the streets I needed to be out I needed to see how people behave how people grouped how they talk uh, to be able to tell stories mm -hmm. um, so that's when I said you know I'm I'm gonna go away because I think that's gonna help me more than having you know like a different um, degree from a different university. This is where I feel like, you know, it's gonna it's gonna ease that need of of, of looking for for you know being on the streets, surrounded by people. I'm not saying that here it doesn't happen. Maybe it happened in New York, maybe it's a different place. But like I told you, I needed to feel that in Spanish. Yeah, kind of like that. That's how I could like. For me, Round it's, feeling, it up, you know? it, it, it's a feeling like coming home in a way, you know, it's like not, it's not, it's not like the homeland where you were born, but where your ancestors were born or not even yeah. ancestors, your grandparents. Yeah. Were. So it's kind of like you have that land in your blood in a way, you know, it's kind of like this, it makes me almost cry because I feel like Austria sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm like so split off with Austria that I'm like, you know, kind of trying to ignore that, but maybe the same thing with you and Cuba yes. a little bit, right? Yes. So and like I, this ambivalence, you know, that like, you know, that you, you're made out of that. But for me, for me, for example, San Francisco was all, always the home that I felt the most at home in that city. And uh, so I can, I can really relate. relate to that, you know, that you, you were like, you've, 
I, I always feel it's always like when you're feeling the most yourself, that's also that enables you to create so much different differently, you know, with, with more ease or with more um, self-esteem or like with more assurance in a way when you feel like and you're And self-consciousness, you're yeah. right? Because yeah. you feel like like you're there, you yeah. know. Uh, but you're also in your in yourself it's always also a, a, a coming home in yourself you know it's not just the outside it's also in yourself you're coming I, to your own roots or to your own absolutely I, your I, own. I felt like I could have grown in something like that mm -hmm. you know I could have grown up in a place like that mm -hmm. uh, where the economic and social political things would allow for that yeah uh so i felt like it was the best of things you know it was like i was in in like it was it was home that's how i yeah. could describe and many other people that came um for the time that i was there i don't think i was there never alone like i would have people coming in and out like visiting and staying and so it's uh you know i got to know the city very well too mm -hmm. um and uh you know now i make it a point to go every year to go see friends and just you know just be there mm -hmm. um i did a residency not these past summer the summer before i was there for two months um, in Madrid? In Madrid. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also made it um, a point to be on the streets to make a project. Because mm -hmm. um, I feel that's part of, you know, it's, it's, it's an intrinsic part of that city. It's like mm -hmm. people are on the street all, all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, they're talking to you and I don't know, there's like, there are no layers. Mm -hmm. That's it's different it's a very yeah. different culture it also reminds me like in italy like south italy you also have always like right. the oldest people are still sitting like outside and you know and, and like talking to everyone and, and, and cubans not... cubans for spanish um for, for it's different there's mm -hmm. a different like i would say i'm cuban it's almost like your family, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. it, it, until the War of Independence, Cubans, you know, it was Spanish colony. Yeah. So uh, my grandfather came to Cuba um, and he even like had to change the name because of like political reasons. So I do have family there still. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're very um, grateful because during that time that my grandfather came to Cuba, he was the one that supported them in Spain. Oh, wow, because Spain was going so, through like a yes, really, really bad yes, period in that time, yes. economically. And, uh -huh. mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like still there is that connection. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, like I, I really, it's a place that I, that I really... Yes have in my heart mm -hmm. I'm curious because two years goes by so fast so were you able to get your European passport after those two years or before no it was after because I came back and yeah then I was curious I like why come back if you fell in love with Madrid what brought you back to Miami my family was here um my boyfriend was here too he could have gone there because you know he, he could have managed to get his European passport too 
But that was during uh, the economical crisis. I came back. I left in 2008. I came back in 2010. So we were going out of the bubble, but they were in the bubble. Yeah. So uh, my friends, like, it was just not a good time to stay. Maybe if that economical situation wouldn't have happened, I would be there, mm -hmm. most likely. Um But it wasn't just, you know, like everyone was out a lot of people were leaving Spain. Yeah. yeah, it was a rough time now. Uh, and then we were getting out. So also the fact that I never lose track of becoming a professional in this field. So for me saying, okay, if I stay there, I'll probably have to work in, I don't know, in something that's not related to these because there's no... Um, there's a little bit of uh, private uh, collect collectors that buy off the work. So m most of the artists support themselves with uh, different um, scholarships, grants from the government, and that was just out, you know. If there were 20, maybe there were five. And these were people and artists that were already established. And well known. So um, in that sense, I, I prioritized to, you know, like if this is what I have invested time, this is what I'm going to be, then I shouldn't be thinking about, you know, economy. I should be thinking it's like, how am I going to make it from here and not... Not it's like it. Am, am I gonna be able to, you know? So that's what I decided. Just it's not the time for me to stay, because mm -hmm. uh, I need to feel like secured on that side, stable, yeah, stable, and then be able to think. I I I didn't have that idea of the artist being like, if you're gonna be an artist, you're an artist everywhere. I think you need the means to be an artist, because yeah. if not, it's like. How are you going to support yourself? Like, you need to have so many other things that are, um, you know, like, they're, they're um, how can I say it? Supporting you, like, in, like, like ways of income, different ways of income. Or right, but many things that, like, emotionally, economically, that need to be... Um, level mm -hmm. in a sense for you to say okay I need to concentrate my time and do my and work you can yeah so um, this is true yeah you have to establish that that freedom so you exactly. have to you have to have a roof over your head you have to have exactly. money for your absolutely. art supplies for absolutely. your food and absolutely. then you can think about making absolutely. the absolutely right? so um, I knew I had that here yeah. you know um, and then I needed to start somewhere so I, that for me needed to be like a peace of mind yeah um, so I came back in 2010 and started to I got my uh, studio um, and try many shows here and there. Um, I hadn't been producing a lot because I had been thinking a lot. So for me, it was a time of digestion, you know, like, let me see, let me think about what's, what's the next step. So I was, um, I was working during that time. My thesis was concentrated on the whole research was done, um, With in mind with um, the elderly and um, how society.
treats elderly people just because I had the the two circumstances, you know, how it works here in the United States, how capitalist society see people that are retired, you know, that connection. Um, at least I'm not globalizing and saying it's the same way all around the country, but at least here I had it experience with my grandfather. So I knew what I was talking about because I would see them, a family I had, with my family, I was very, you know, uh, aware of like keeping them at home. And then there's these other things that you hear, no, I'm just taking them home because you have to work, you have to produce. So I sustain you elsewhere because I cannot keep you on a diet like my dad did, you know, like that was what he sold the business because my grandfather, uh, he um, he started to he was a diabetic, so he started to like fall and he couldn't work to walk to work anymore. So he said, "I'm quitting these and I'm just taking care of him, you know, for as long as he needs to." Wow. Um, so you know, it takes a lot. So he gave up his business. He and to yes. take care of his father. Yes. Wow. Um, and the same thing happened then with my grandmother and my mom, you know, so it's like I have grown up in that and in, in those circumstances where, you know, the elderly, which has been always your support system, comes first. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was something that um, I had seen, not experience, but I had seen uh, in Spain, like you know like having they, they they you know like going to different parks and seeing them like play uh in groups i would visit uh for this research i visit a couple of places where they have like a like a like a daycare for adults which we have here too uh, so, you know, like I was exploring all of that. Also, uh, I think I was getting ready to let go on my grandparents because they were, you know, they were getting older. Mm -hmm. So it was, a, it was a, a time that I also started to become conscious that they wouldn't last forever, that little by little life diminishes and they had had a good life. So I was paying a lot of attention to that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I wasn't here. Yeah, I was they talking were in about, Miami. Yes, mm -hmm. I was talking about them, but I wasn't with them. Mm -hmm. But like, for example, I, this is such a funny story. Um, my grandfather had, uh, a, you know, like, like a slight, beginning of Alzheimer's so of course he wasn't aware of like TV social media computer like all of that it's you know it was too much so I would call home and he would sit in front of the computer so we could chat and then he would take the, tell the neighbors to turn on the TV at 7 because I would come up on TV Uh, living there, I came. I came like I came for Christmas. I came in like I came a couple of times, but I was talking about them, and uh, there was was one point that I kept that I make these sculptures for uh, the final project of the thesis that I combine video and photography sculptures and textiles. It was a whole and sculpture a little bit. Um, 
like um so what i did was um i had my sister photograph them um like uh, by sections mm -hmm. i printed that on canvas and then attach it and make like a soft sculpture. Mm -hmm. But you could see the skin, the wrinkles, the like everything. It was very detailed. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, I installed that. Both of them were facing each other. And this is my grandfather from my dad's side and my grandmother from my mom's side. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they were both from Spain originally? Th no, these, these were not. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they're, they're Spanish descent, but they were born in Cuba. Mm -hmm. uh, on, on my dad, my, well, I say my grandfather, but it's my great-grandfather, mm -hmm. I guess. It's, mm -hmm. but my dad's mom was, was, um, um, was born in Spain. Mm -hmm. That's why he was able to get the European passport. Mm -hmm. And by that, I'm get, I get mine. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, um, so the two sculptures are, fa are facing each other and uh, they're holding on this walker that's um, kind of like hold center, but like if they're walking... Into each other. Into each other, but like there's no way to like, you know, like the walker, the walker, it's two walkers in a, in a centerpiece. Mm -hmm. So they were confronting each other at the same time. And the, the were torsos and the hands were holding um, these walker made out of um, plastic, you know. Mm -hmm. So on the bag it had this video and there were conversations of me talking to them on these times that we would chat, the sky, the sky asking was, them yeah. how the day went. Mm -hmm. Like, what did they do? You know, I woke up, had coffee, da-da-da. Mm -hmm. So that's that happened in that piece. So when I came back, um, I was left with oh, the desire to keep exploring that, and um, that's what I did. Mm -hmm. uh, so being here, I started to, my media um, had been fiber art, so, I, I started to play, I started to pay attention to the material and the capacity of the material and the purpose of it. So I remember my grandmother had always been obsessed with stockings, like pantyhoses. And she started to, you know, giving me everything. Cause she, she had been a seamstress, so I learned to use a sewing machine to embroider all of that when I was very little. Mm -hmm. um, so when she started to see me using different fabrics, like she would cut out shirts and say, hey, use these. Or like, I don't know, even like the straps of the bra, like she would change them all the time, she would give them to me. So I started to have all these um, items that had a sense of like a persona, like, you know, these belong had been used by so, so I started- So the idea of recycling again. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. so I started to, look at those materials and and uh, I, I remember like I was doing a lot of 2D but the 2D kept coming up mm -hmm. uh, and my dad who's an artist said why don't you try taking it off the canvas don't do it on the wall anymore because we do have that obsession it's like everything as an artist is 2D or mm -hmm. 2D that's the conventional way mm -hmm. um, so I started um, I said, okay, let me just take it out completely, not not 
parts, but completely. Mm-hmm. And I started to stuff the stockings that my grandmother would give me mm-hmm. and started to make figures and forms with it. So the stocking became like a scheme, mm-hmm. you know, like like a deep layer of scheme of of someone and it also had this quality that you could wrinkle and you could stitch and you could attach mm-hmm. um, so I started to play a lot with that and that's why um, I, I did a whole series um, that had to deal with the beautiful and the grotesque because mm-hmm. I felt like in this society the beauty standards almost imposed and deny to get older to have the wrinkles, to have the white hair. So there were many things that I was looking into, objectification and beautification and plastic surgery and the plastic surgery, the fact that you stitch, you know, like you fix it. So I started to explore all of that Mm -hmm. uh, with these materials. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I felt like, I want them to, and I would take them home. It's like I would see with my grandma, it's like, okay, you attach the legs, I'm gonna start attaching these, and I started to make tongues and tongues of these um, sculptures. Um, so, um, you know, like I always had the need to involve many people into what I do. Like a workshop uh, idea almost. Well, you mentioned your dad is an artist. I'm like, did he, like, like your grandmother taught you about fibers and stitching and all those things from an early age. Did your father also help influence and build your oh, practice absolutely. as an artist? And how so, if you could talk about that a little. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with the walls like completely covered and I remember the games that I would play having a limited time to look at cartoons or TV was to sit there in front of his paintings and just just discover what they were about, you know. He's a figurative uh, painter but, but like... He likes to call his work Guarapalanganas, it's a made-up name. And there are these creatures, part human, part animal, that interact in this crazy world that he invents. And I think growing up, that was escape for him, for me, for all of us. There were like really critical times. Um, my dad left Cuba uh, during, the, um, d- during the first exodus of intellectual Intellectuals that started leaving uh, the island. He left in 1991. That was after the special period began in Cuba, which is uh, when everything was, um, you know, there was no food, there was no fruits, you know, like everything crumbled together with the wall. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, he had to leave because it was a time that um, they wanted to do a lot of propaganda uh, through the artists and export this image using the artists as, you know, figurines, you know, like puppets. They will spread them out with different international prices and whatnot and tell the world, hey, you know, socialism and communism, it's happening here and we're all good and dandy, you know. Uh, Meanwhile, they um, supply 
artists, the, the government, and and because uh, the. The, the, the politics and uh, the cultural institutions are one; they're not separate. Oh, so okay. the cultural institution um, they depend on the government. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So the artists didn't have any uh, art store to go to. The government will supply that for them. Therefore, the government will expect them to sort of like narrate a different story mm -hmm. and my dad being um, a figurative abstract painter he could tell any story he wanted behind all these creatures but then they want him to uh, start to paint very specific things and being who he is <laughs> um, he said no I can't You know, like, I don't know how to do anything else, and no one is going to tell me what to do. Like, precisely, this is what I picked these. It's to tell whatever I wanted to. He was an art instructor um, at a cultural center, and he had um, he had won, in, during that time, um, an international painting Uh, prize in Ecuador so he left to Ecuador and once uh, he left he had to to get asylum political asylum uh, he had to declare like as a political um, you know like what would be the political reasons that he left so he he had a, to declare to talk to a radio station and there from he was banned were there repercussions to your family yes Uh, they came the next day the, the, the next day they came to my house and they wanted to take every painting that he had painted he went to they went to his studio which was like a little room on the back of the house to confiscated every uh, art supply that he had so he they also went to this cultural center this art center that he had Where he was uh, teaching, yeah. that he was teaching and took everything from there And uh, also they, uh, my mom is an architect, they unemployed my mom. They said she couldn't work anymore. And uh, they want my sister, they wanted my sister to be out of school. She was in, um, in a school that was, I don't know, but there was the, 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 it was part of different programs that they had. And she was in a school that was for, Uh, highly honored academic students, um, students that were expected to Excellent belong, yeah. but they were expected to belong like political, affiliate to political mm -hmm. and youngstered um, programs that, so they Remote, could like yeah. drag them into, um, you know, whatever agenda they had. So my sister was uh, in that school. Um, and they uh, they attempted to, you know, like they had an eye on me. And um, whenever it, there was a little chance, um, one day I said, you know, I need to go to mass because every Sunday you go to mass. Like, you know, being, you, you grew up Catholic, so going to mass, it's, then if you don't go, you're a sinner. And there was also... Um, a political march, I don't know which event it was, but you were also expected to go there and march uh, 
and represent the school. And in Cuba growing up, you need to be a pionero, mm -hmm. a pioneer, like you wear your scarf, scarf and that represents, and you have to swear every day that you're gonna be like Che Guevara. Uh, Which you see girl, later in your work that you've done pieces and have to do with that. With the pioneer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was a very hard, piece to do because of the event that happened, which was that um, I said very naive to my teachers, like, I'm not going to be able to go to a march to Sunday because I need to go to mass. So whenever I finish, I will go and join you guys. And that was like, so uh, um, she said, you cannot do that. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. Very naive. You know, I was eight years old. So um, so I did. When I come back Monday, they called me up and they said, um, you know, like you had missed this, you, you're not, you're, you weren't supposed to go to church and therefore we're gonna, there are gonna be repercussions. And uh, every morning you have to get, like the whole school gets together, you sing the anthem, they said the news of the day and whatnot. And then they call me up and in front of the whole school they take off the scarf and they say the reasons and they put me up like an example for the whole school. Uh, and I, you know, like you feel like you have done something horrible. Mm -hmm. But I knew what it was about because I grew up in a house that I grew knowing that this is happening, that my dad is not happy where he is, that my sister it's not going to have any possibility, that, uh, you know, I remember eating my last apple. Like, I knew things were going kaboom, you know. And that's when you finally... And, and, and I said, you know, okay. You know, like, of course it's embarrassing, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I asked my mom, and she sat with me, and she explained very literally where things were happening and, and why they were happening. Um, but eight years later the whole family was able to reunite. Great. My dad was not allowed to enter the country. Uh, my mom wasn't allowed to leave. Um, then we had to, my dad put the claiming process um, and um, you know, that took eight years. Um, and during all those years, it was very um, painful because you know, like, you're all of a sudden you go to school you come back and they tell you hey your dad is not here anymore and it's like as an eight-year-old even though you know you you don't understand you mm -hmm. know like yes but why did my dad left like what's up yeah. with the government like you know you don't understand certain things even though they're telling you and i think that was very helpful uh because it had helped me grow up with a different sentiment, like always knowing that they were there for me, that this was just a process, as many other people grow, go through different processes, this was the process that my family had to be able to give me and my sister and my family as a whole a better future. Mm -hmm. um, so it did help me understand it. Um, as I could possibly um, get a better un understanding growing up. 
But those eight years were very, very um, hurtful. Well, I feel I see a reflection of that in your work. Whenever I see your work, I feel melancholy. Like there's a, there's a sadness to it. Like I don't really necessarily, you use bright colors sometimes and some of them are supposed to be more animated, but there's still, there's still a sadness to them, to me, at least when I see your work. Like it's serious. It's not just play. It's, you know, like it's, it's deep. I don't know how else to describe that. Like when I saw the Marilito piece, like I stood still, like I stared at them, like it felt very powerful. It's very emotional. Yeah. Also. yeah. I think, I think as an artist, I, I do think I, I have a responsibility to um, tell a story. I think we're storytellers. And I think the pieces that have, uh, that could, translate that or pieces that come from within and from different experiences um so and i feel often those experiences that you know are the hardest in our lives then give birth to those uh to the artworks that are probably the most powerful also for other people it that they can through. relate because it kind of like the depth of the emotion is kind of that that is what's translating to the other person even if they didn't go through the same experience but they can still relate to that emotion that absolutely. is being expressed absolutely mm -hmm. and I think um, so I came back in 2010 started to get my studio keep working um, on the subject of the elderly, the beautiful, the grotesque. Of course, I had big influences, you know, like I could go and stare at Goya for hours. Mm -hmm. And I love the caprichos and I love just, you know, like there's something there that just, I like the beautiful, you know, I'm not saying no, but I think within, you know, yeah. like what's beautiful? I remember mm -hmm. reading this essay um, the aesthetics uh, of, of, you know, like like that paradox, like aesthetics and, the, and beauty. Mm -hmm. So yeah, okay. what can be beautiful? Beautiful, mm -hmm. it's, you know, a beautiful sunset. Mm -hmm. and, and for someone could be a, a beautiful raining afternoon. Like, you know, it's, it's such a, um, a relative thing. So for me, I find beauty in, in, in you know, and like now I'm starting to look at my mother's hands and she t they're just starting to look so much like my grandmother's and it's like... You see the process repeat itself You know, and I think that's beautiful because mm -hmm. it's like, it, and, and it's gonna happen to me, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and and that it's just life and I, 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 I I think negating that it's just devastating. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I it's, that's why I always find this thing with the needle. It's like you know, you could repair, you could break, you could repair, you could break, but you're always attaching, you're always putting together. Mm -hmm. Are um, there any new themes? Because you're you've explored the elderly, you've explored the skins and the family. What are you looking forward to? Like new works, new pieces, new shows coming up in the near future? Right now, that piece Pioneros is going to a show in um, Hollywood, and the show is curated by Laura March, and okay. she's um, the show is called Modo. Okay. So she's um, exploring the idea of 
uh, things that could brainwash you.、Okay. And that piece is, you know, it's such a strong piece in that sense. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good piece or a bad piece. I'm saying it's very strong. Like the the whole meaning of the piece is like waking up every day and repeating. I want to be like Che Guevara, and who the hell is this guy? You know, like with eight years old, how you understand that you're idolizing these men that you don't know? You know, and then it's it's you know,、uh, and you have to say it every day, and you have to believe it every day. Otherwise, you're a repercussion. And and it's、yeah. it's part of the whole.、Um, Propaganda and agenda on these countries—it's like they brainwash you. Like I remember having these strong conversations with my brother-in-law. It's like, can someone brainwash you? And I said, absolutely, yes.、Mm-hmm. Anyone could brainwash. You have the ability to brainwash your children, you know, and don't let them think uh, uh, as an individual. Like it's th- 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 that's something that I find very.、Um, Powerful in education as an as an art educator, I think it's a lot of responsibility. It's a big responsibility、mm-hmm. to just let the kids develop their own way of thinking without having any inputs. And I think that's doing that through art and letting discover that through art. It's you know like you're take, taking away the filter. It's、yeah. like. Here you do whatever you please.、Mm-hmm. Just today I was teaching,、um, and there comes this girl to me. I I like to bring back the tech the the textile and the needle and the thread, and then they don't even know that's a needle. They saying this is a pointy thing, and it's like there are many pointy things, but this is a freaking needle. So just <laughs> say it with me. Ah,、uh, so there comes Chrisetta today, and she tells me, okay, so Miss A, where do I go? It's like. You go whatever you want, you know. Like I、That's、gave、smart. you instructions. You have started to embroider. You go now, whatever you want. Like now, I'm just here to guide you. I'm not here to tell you go here because it's gonna look better. Go here because it's gonna look worst. Now you do whatever you want. And then she came back. It's like, hey, look, I took this line straight, and then I turned diagonal. I think that might create. And then she started, and it's like, maybe in life that's a lesson, you know? Maybe she doesn't turn left when when she has to, but she'll turn right, and she'll find something really good there.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, and I do absolutely love、um, that role as part of my practice to being an educator and any time I have a chance, it's like I'll always be there. When is Motto up for? What's the date on that? Um, I don't have the dates yet. Okay, we'll keep it posted, and then、yes. we'll link your website、yes. to that.、Um, I believe that Maria Teresa has one final question. She's been waving <laughs> her hands at us. <laughs> I want to do my final question. Do your final you question. You were sitting on a magical chair all this time. You have three wishes and thirty seconds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Well, now I'm a mother, so. Congratulations. Um.、Uh, I wish that part of my job is to raise a good human being. Awesome.、Um, my family and friends, and 
keep being a creative monster. <laughs> That's I all. like that, a creative monster. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you so much for a slightly longer, listening to our slightly longer. It was only nine minutes. <laughs> I blame, I blame it. I'm sure they always. enjoyed it. Sometimes you have to let things go. I yeah. secretly wish it were two hours, but thank you guys for visiting thank us. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Aurora. No, for yes. Thank you for having and me. Really personal stories with us. No, it was it's a great. pleasure having you here. Thank you. Such yeah. an honor. And Next, coming up, we'll have artist Salvador. So we'll see you guys soon. Bye. See you guys very soon. Bye, guys. Bye.